Hey, everybody, we're back. It's been a little bit. You know, we've got a lot to cover, but I think all we're really going to talk about is CM Sellout. Uh, I'm sorry, CM Punk. We're going to have our matches of the week. And then, of course, it's been long overdue. And Tom is finally going to give us his spotlight. We've got a lot to talk about. So let's just get into this, man. Well, hold on, Mike, real quick. Let's let's just let's do this. One word. How do you I want to just I want to get one word on how you guys feel about this. We'll start with Jim. Oh, fuck. Um, All right, Mike. No, Because <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that is exactly how all of us. Yeah, feel. I think, fuck. Yeah. Of, yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's a tough one, Tom. I don't know. Jim, what's yours other than, oh, fuck. I'm sad. Just sad. <laughs> it's, it's a very sad day for people who have integrity. Uh, people who value integrity. It's a really sad, sad day. Disappointed is mine. Just like if I could add to it, just severely disappointed. Tom, what about you? Fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some might say. words. I love it really. <laughs> um, hypocrisy. Yeah. That's that's the word that comes to my mind is is hypocrisy. Yeah. So I'll leave, I'll leave it to the, the Segway master, Mike. Go ahead and take his way. I just wanted to get that out of the way. I, no, that's, I mean, I, it was so funny before we even started, you know, Jim and I were talking and, and it just, I've been at a loss for words, to be honest, like all day. Like I cannot, it makes no sense to me for a guy that has always preached, you know, doing the right thing, you know, being morally straight, I guess, you know, uh, and whatnot. And then he goes and does this. And I just, it, it, I'm trying to understand why he did it. Um, you know, it's funny. My wife, uh, who has been telling me all day that she told the, all of us. So no, uh, your, your wife me, was right. That one, the wife yeah. who was right. Who was right. I think she, cause I think it was her who had said he's going back to WWE. Um, and you know, we all brushed it off as, Oh no, you know, and this and, Sure enough, he shows up last night at Survivor Series after, you know, there was, I would say it seemed pretty legitimate reports that he was not going to show up. It was either going to be, I think, Jim, you had mentioned it, um, you know, the, a tweet that you had uh, had seen where it was like, this is either the best kept secret um, or uh, the best. What was it? I'm sorry. I, I it was either this is the up, best but, kept secret in the history of the business or he's just not showing up. Right. Or it's just not yeah, happening. And I, I just, I, again, figured he wasn't going to show up and then sure enough, you know, he shows up, but like, I, I just like, I don't even know where to start to unpack this thing. So, you know, um, just because this is so big, I, I truly didn't think he was going to go there just for, I guess we can start it off with just all the shit talking he's done since he's left <laughs> it like massive shit talking, like not burning bridges, but like scorching those motherfuckers to the ground. Oh, he, and, he like leveled, leveled those bridges. <laughs> and it's like, and I get it, you know, that, you know, that whole, the WWE has been, I would say, I don't know if gracious is the right word, but like they've definitely mended fences and built, built or rebuilt bridges with, with folks in the past. But the shit that he did, or not did, but he said was just like, I not like irreparable, if that makes sense, but like enough that it'd be like, man, why do I want this guy who's done nothing but for the past almost 10 years shit all over this company mm -hmm. you know so i don't know that that's that's one thing that i keep thinking about um you know and it like i just i don't know i did like i would love to hear what you guys like why do you think he went back like money 
money, money, and and oh, as I 100%. said beforehand, pettiness. I honest oh, to God, yeah. I think that a, a, I'm gonna play, you know, pop psychiatry here. I think part of not a small part of the reason he agreed to this and went back is as a fuck you to Tony Khan. I think he's so bitter and petty about how it, it went down uh, at the end there that. I think he's he's just trying to be petty as fuck. And I think he's just trying to stick it to Tony Khan in AEW. And it's sad. It's like I said, it's just fucking sad. But, you know, I, I think he's definitely going to be making good money off of this. But I think more than anything, it's this is his opportunity to just it's one of the things we can, I think we can all agree on. We, we've had multiple conversations about CM Punk on this podcast and, you know, we fall in different areas, but all tended towards, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt. But yet, even through all of that, I think all of us can agree the fucker holds grudges. Uh, the guy doesn't let things go. And, Ew. you know, he I, I I I do. I think this is a direct middle finger to Tony Khan. Uh, I, I, I think that was a big part of his reasoning for it. I think it, it stems as far back as to the, the original brawl out. Um, I think he was. um I don't know. I guess I don't want to say hurt because, like you said, Jim, he he holds grudges. Like I don't think he's he's a guy who's like my feelings are hurt. He's like, oh, like you piss me off. I'm going to piss on you now. Like so, like I I think I think what it was was that I think it all stems from brawl out the fact that he considered he considered himself like a veteran type figure, right? And he wanted that like respect of the veterans, and he was also. I think he wanted to be like the cool vet, you know, like the cool dad. Like I want to be like I'm CM Punk. And and so like he like I guess I'm getting ahead of myself, but like he even like him leaving the WWE is the reason why like guys like Cody Rhodes, Matt Cardona have left and have been successful outside of the WWE. Like Punk was the beginning of that to be like W you don't need WWE like to, to, to prove that you're a good wrestler anymore. And so like, and I think he was, he was extremely hurt by the fact that the bucks were the bucks about it. And they were like, we're this new young generational talent. We don't have to listen to anybody. And he was like, but I'm the cool guy. Like I'm the cool guy. I'm the, I'm the guy, I'm the pipe bomb guy. And so like, I, I think he was hurt by that. And then it, you're absolutely right, Jim, everything that led up to this, including um, the, the last match he had before he got fired is pettiness he he's he's pissed off he's pissed off that there was no repercussions for jack perry and and the bucks you know running in their, their mouths and and i don't know if you guys saw the the press conference thing but even it, even weirdly like cody rhodes kind of took a shot at him because he was like he was doing the whole like he was like oh that's the evp in me and everybody got a laugh out of the room and it was like real brief and i was like that's a weird thing to say knowing that punk's coming back. Yeah. So like it's pettiness. 100%. You're absolutely right. I, I, I and money. I, I don't think he's broke. Mike, you've, you've alluded to many times that you you've, you know, done your research about how good he is with money, but like dude's going to make a boat, like a boatload of money. <laughs> That's it. I just, I mean, I mean, but for the, like everything that they, you know, specifically like with it, it, like with them going to Saudi Arabia, um, you know, that I know Vince isn't running, you know, things. And I'm, I'm just I was I'm wondering if that played a part into it, you know, as as because Vince was really not I guess he had 
I read, I thought I read something that Vince had literally, you know, again, this was before he was basically getting kicked out of TKO or, you know, whatever it was he was doing. Um, I, he did say, you know, I think it came down to like him, Triple H and Nick Khan, um, where they said, absolutely not. And then I think it was once Vince left that kind of opened the door a little bit more. And I'm wondering if that played a part in it. Um, you know, just because it, 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 again, with where I was going, it with like the Saudi Arabia stuff, you know, the bullying campaign that they did where, you know, basically I, I, you know, they bullied people consistently, uh, Mm -hmm. throughout the years, et cetera, and all that. And, you know, it it just, I'm really, I I just morally, I can't understand why he'd want to go back. And it just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of strange too, considering he, he's, he's a very huge advocate for, promoting women's wrestling. And that is like one of the worst businesses <laughs> other than the NWA, you know, cause we got to dig at NWA a little bit. Uh, but like they're, 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 I mean, they have talented, uh, you know, a talented woman's roster. They just don't use it. No. And the fact that punk, a guy who's like all for women's rights goes back to the, the company that like holds them down. Mm-hmm. Like I, I will, I, just don't understand it. I mean, I, I don't think at this point it's it's a moral issue. I, again, I think it all it just always alludes back to how can I fuck over Tony Khan for pissing me off and not writing the wrongs that I think were wrong? And I, you know what? I'm I'm at this age too. He's at this like you know the what are they called? They're like supposed like contract like legends, legends contract. I, I mean, if he if he signs up for that, like whether you want to admit it or not, Punk's a draw regardless. Mm-hmm. Or like, and he, he knows that he's a draw, so he's going to do whatever he wants at this point. It's it's just, I don't think it's a moral issue, man. I think he's just like, fuck it. I don't care. Well, and that's why it's so disappointing because he, I mean, it is 100%. He's always been this, you know, like stand up for what's right, integrity, you know, kind of thing. And, and the whole punk rock ethos that he's always tried to sell himself as this just flies in the fucking face of all of it. And, and that's why I really do feel like this was a pettiness thing is because, you know, when you're, when you're upset, when you're mad, when you're angry, when you're hurt, you do things you wouldn't otherwise do. And I, I think that's a big motivating factor here is I think, I don't think this was a reasoned out decision. I think this was a, I'm going to show them kind of a decision you know it, it's it's no different than a fucking 16 year old girl you know like going out and you know getting a tattoo to show her parents you know like mm, gee, i'm independent i i think that's i i think he's just having a little fucking temper tantrum i think he, he signed a contract as a temper tantrum mm-hmm. i just would love to know what it like <sighs> i don't know because it, it, it just the way it, everything that i've heard about this like the good segue into the contract is that this was all done like last minute yeah yesterday like as if i think jim you had alluded to it um or had said something about it earlier where it was like hours before showtime mm-hmm. where it was finally like okay hey here's the deal mm-hmm. kind of thing well, like that so it's I just really read, though that punk was talking to like triple h all week there was like there's been like uh reports that he like came out and talked to triple h for like an hour and i don't think it was the day of the pay-per-view well, no, they, I think it was earlier this week. They had a prior conversation, but the they, there was no contract in place until like a couple hours oh, before showtime. I wonder, I wonder, oh God, I would love to hear what they talked about then. You're right. Because I'm sure he was like, he was like, I've made a terrible mistake leaving. 
<laughs> well, you know, that was that was a great thing I saw on Twitter is somebody mentioned um, and of course it stuck out to me because it was about Bobby Heenan uh, and anything that's about Bobby Heenan, I'm going to pay attention to, but a uh, guy said that, you know, uh, Bobby Heenan said that when he left WWE and went to WCW, it was going like going from the major leagues to T-ball and he never, <laughs> yeah. And he said that he, he regretted it his whole life and, um, you know, really? yeah. And he, the guy was like, I don't know why, but that just thinking about that story today. And I wonder if that's part of the conversation punk was having with, with triple H was, you know, yeah, there's a lot of things I don't like here, but fuck compared to what it was like over there. I wonder if that played into it. I, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. one bit if that was because yeah, punk has his gripes with WWE, but at the same time he thrived in that system for many, many years. Yeah. Right. He did. I mean, I think, he- I think what really bothers me, like Jim said too, like the, I mean, we all, we've all grown up listening to like punk rock music and, and kind of mold that mold us molding our like music and lifestyle and things like that, where it's like, what that's what bothers me the most about it is the fact that this is this is would be like if the Ramones signed a like a huge multi million dollar contract and they were told to cut their hairs and and everything like that and they were like one hundred percent sounds great I'll do that and like that's the least punk thing you could do like you know as Mike's name says on here see him sell out he sold out he sold his soul and for what more money and to say fuck you to Tony Khan it's it's just it's maddening to me is is that. The, I think the most respectable thing he could have done was either start his own promotion or go to a promotion to help that out. That to me is like DIY punk rock right there. Well, not, not saying, Oh, you know, I, I don't agree with the things that are going on in Saudi, so I'm just not going to participate in it, but I'm still going to be in, in the company that is totally fine with going over there. <laughs> I just won't go over there. Yeah. That's you fucking sell out. That's a sellout move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny, though, that you brought that up, Tom, that going to another company, I guess um, I had read something and Jim, I don't know. I know you've probably been following this a little more closely than I have. Because he's the TNA guy. Because he is the TNA guy. You just couldn't fucking wait to get that out of your I, I am so happy that they're going back to TNA just so I can call you the <laughs> TNA guy, Jim. Oh. Huge, Huge TNA, TNA guy. Huge TNA guy. <laughs> Jim is always talking about DNA. <laughs> 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 no, 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 for everybody who's listening, Jim's a very respectable, fine man. <laughs> Who loves Who DNA? Loves DNA? Who loves DNA? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, but uh, kidding aside, um, I guess they had made him a big offer, yeah, um, or a, a pretty substantial. I don't know what it was, but I, it, they had reached out and I guess it was, he was, he was considering mm-hmm. maybe going to impact I, or whatever TNA. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard anything else about that, Jim. I, I don't know. if He it, had like a really bad time over there, mm-hmm. but there was a report. That was that a was, long like, he said time ago. Like family. And I was like, which one is it, man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Well, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was, a, it was, was a very long time ago. Very different ownership. I think ultimately, I don't think he wanted to sign with TNA because again, I'm going to keep going back to this. Well, it wouldn't have hurt TK. I think if he signed with TNA, it wouldn't have been a shot to AEW. WWE is the only place he could go where it could hurt his old boss. And, you know, I think TNA could have made him 
an offer for just as much as WWE. They, I think they would have gone balls to the wall to get in punk. Um, mm. But at the end of the day, it wasn't going to meet his real goal, which was to be petty, to be hurtful. Poor salt in the wound. Look where, look where he re-debuted again. The, that, that's exactly, I, I'm 100% on, uh, uh, I was about to say on Jim with this because I'm talking like oh, an idiot. If dreams could come true, Tom. You know, come true. <laughs> but I, I'm 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 100% with Jim on this. I like he he redebuts in Chicago, where his when he debuted in in AEW was Chicago. It, you know, I, he was not gonna like. There's no way that like for one, there's no way that TNA is gonna draw a crowd that big. Um, even even if with even with Punk, I just don't think they have enough money to be like, oh, we're gonna get we're going to reserve this venue strictly for punk It's trying to get people in there would be impossible. Damn near impossible. If you ask me, but yeah, he's, he's being petty. Like he, he debuts in Chicago, re debuts in Chicago and AEW. No one is talking about the, the war between, you know, WWE, AEW and TNA. Nobody's talking about it. It's WWE, WWE and AEW. Yeah. No, and I mean, everything's alluding to what Jim's saying. Everything's going right back to the pettiness of, of saying, fuck you to Tony Khan. Yeah. It was, we, uh, Caitlin, uh, has a coworker. He's, uh, I gotta get him on here. Um, big, big, he's a big wrestling guy. He was the one that gave me the chair, uh, from the oh, all sweet. out. Yeah. He was there and he said his ears were still ringing, um, today, uh, after Damn. it was that loud in there. Yeah. And I'm like, I just don't, I'm like, come on. And I mean, granted that's out in the burbs where they were. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not a, it, to me, it's not a true Chicago crowd. Um, it was interesting. Cause I was at the, I was at the Thanksgiving Eve dynamite and there wasn't, there was maybe one CM Punk ish type champ, but like it was, he was nowhere to be found, uh, et cetera. So that's why it's just like, it's, I guess he still has fans, I guess, or it's just the, I don't know. It, 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 that wrestling crowd out in the burbs feels different than it does here in Chicago. I I don't know if that makes any sense. I know Jim, you've definitely, you've, all of us have been here in the city, et cetera. You know, I think Tom and it's our, as I don't want to say, cause when we went to that new Japan show that technically wasn't in the city, that was in God, where was that? I think Jim, that's where you saw the anarchy rules pay-per-view. Was it the Odeon, Tom? Where, where the hell were we? I don't know. It, it was like a barn. <laughs> this is a yeah. large barn. That's what I felt yeah. like. Yeah. It's like, but I mean, but flea market, you know, it was like, <laughs> but still, I mean, you could tell it, it still, it had a decent Chicago crowd. And I think when even TNA or impact, when they come, they, I think it's like the Cicero center. Like yeah. they've never even gotten close to like a wind trust or an all state or anything like that. So I actually thought they were at the United center. And then I was like, and I, when I was watching the pay-per-view, I said, Rosemont, I'm like, Rosemont, I'm like, they had the Allstate? And I was like, yeah, I guess they were at the Allstate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but there's a difference when you go to, I mean, it's not just Chicago, but if you're going to like, you know, a WWE show versus like a actual like professional wrestling show, like the professional wrestling nerds show up yeah. like at, at like a new Japan show. So you're going to get like an, a, an exciting show regardless. But like, I, I, yeah, no, I think, I think you're absolutely right. There's a completely different crowd burbs versus you know actual chicago yeah because i just i don't know if he would have gotten that big of a reaction because i mean the last time we were god yeah when we were at the um was it or no where were we when we were all together was it before he got 
No, because that was before. Sorry, I was. It was before the All In, the yeah. London thing. I was trying to think. And I think it was yeah, Kate and I were at one. It was before and we were at the Wind Trust when the three of us went. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was um, whatever, but like we went to another one, and they were like, people were just not having any CM. That people were telling people to shut up mm-hmm. about the CM Punk chants and stuff. And it was, I think, it was right after um, all in, the London. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was right after the London show when he got in trouble with Jack Perry and stuff. And there were people here that were already that were like, shut up, like go away. You know, like we don't want him back kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting that he still is that big of a draw, you know, I don't know. But anyway, but no, one of the things I really want to definitely talk about is, you know, obviously I think we've hit on, he's sold out, he's a sellout, <laughs> etc. I do not see I'm really interested to see where you guys think that, wow, thanks. <laughs> this hurts TK because I can't, I, I get it. Okay, great. There, there may be what the Rollins feud. Sure. I'll watch that. Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. But like Jim, you just said, I think you, you mentioned it earlier. What young talent Yeah, that he's, who, who's he going to help mm-hmm. that is like actually that I want to watch. Um, and like to me, what what are you gonna do? Where what, like where do you put him in? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're obviously building Cody Rhodes for something, whether that's Roman or not. I don't know. So they're not gonna disrupt that storyline. Where, where does he go? What does he take over the Judgment Day after they kick <laughs> Priest or Balor out? Like, oh, what would he fucking do? God, no, ew. <laughs> God, I hope not. I can. I so can, I mean, I don't know. Like, what, what? Like, what do you guys think? Like, where do you think that? Like, what is he actually really even going to do? Like, I can't. I can't figure it out. I, I can count on one hand the the rivalries he could have that would be good. Yeah. Um. Whereas in AEW, I mean, for fuck's sake, I mean, they're just limitless. Um, in, in WWE, like I said, like I can think of a handful of guys who he could put on a good program with. Um, and I, I, that's why, again, I think it was not a reasoned decision, but an emotional decision because he's got nowhere to go. There's nowhere for him to go there. He's it's within months, within months, he will be mid card, right. And he'll be, you know, feuding with the Miz. You know, and it's it's just going to be a total fucking colossal waste of everyone's time. Um, there is no young up and coming talent that he's dying to work with there. Right. Who's I mean, who's who are the young superstars in WWE? Santos Escobar and uh, Dragon Lee, uh, Walter. Who the fuck is going to work with CM Punk, though? Right. Of this young talent that they have, who's actually going to fit with him? Who's going to mesh with him? I just, I don't see it going anywhere. Um, and I, I think, you know, the old question is it better to burn out or to fade away. I think he's, I think he's going to go out on a low note. Um, he doesn't have a lot of time left in the ring. And if the reports yeah. are correct and he signed a three year deal, Jesus I don't Christ. think he's going to be going much longer than that. So this is kind of be the kind of the swan song and they're going to burn up all the good stories right out of the gate. Yeah. But I just I can't see like, do you really think you're going to have that any kind of match that was, you know, I know, again, different with the, you know, I don't think WWE would do a dog collar match. But like you had one of the probably one of the better matches I've ever seen with MJF when he came out and he was he came out in his old Ring of Honor gear and he was using the fucking um, 
what misery misery accordia i always forget afi the, I, I always, I the afi <laughs> song whatever like do you really think you're gonna get that level and like who with, with even who like even if you do decide to do some type of match like that who who are you really gonna like again like you said jim i like i see him as mid card mm-hmm. and unless it's a something I'm, I'm not gonna watch him mm-hmm. like i really have honestly no desire to watch him unless like okay maybe you know maybe him and seth i yeah i don't know um you know maybe him and nakamura for sure i think um but other than that i can't i there's like no one else i could think of i would I love know. to see R- rollins nakamura uh finn balor I think he and Finn Balor could have a good program. Yeah. Um, I think he and KO could do some cool shit. I think that'd be really cool to see. Exhausted list. There it is. Like, I think there's like <laughs> who the fuck else is there for him to have a good program? And one of the things I loved about the AEW run is not only did, you know, he have those epic matches, but AEW doesn't shy away from acknowledging that these people have history, have a past. You know, KO and CM Punk have a history, but they're not going to talk about it, right? There's no, there's no, it's not going to be brought into the story at all because you have to pretend like if it didn't happen within the confines of WWE, it didn't happen. And so there's just, there's so much missed potential and missed opportunity that's going to be characterized by this run, in my opinion. Yeah. Jim, I, I believe, uh, you forgot, uh, the, the, what Mike, I think said best is the, uh, the second coming of Eddie Guerrero. Oh, is that yeah, Dom. Shit. Yeah, Dom. Yeah. Dirty Dom and CM Punk, guys. Well, don't forget, don't forget that when when CM Punk was in the straight edge society, he had a feud with Ray that involved Dom. So yeah. maybe they do a callback. Yeah. And right. <laughs> dirty maybe they get the old straight edge society yeah, back. Dirty Dirty Dom versus CM Punk for the North American title. I could see that. Sure. Yeah. Get your popcorn ready. Uh, yeah. Five star oh, match. Boy. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I think Jim, you, you named it. I mean, Sami Zayn would be cool. Um, I, there's no way he's working with AJ Styles. AJ Styles has been like very outspoken about how much he dislikes him. I think there was like an interview. There was like several interviews where he's like, would you ever wrestle Steam Punk? He's like, nope. uh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, and I, I mean, there's not a, there's not anybody from NXT that I think he would be even good enough, like good working with, unless if they really drastically rebrand and they become the old NXT, which is not happening. Um, uh, like, yeah, I mean, Pete Dunne, if he if he ever stops being called Butch, <laughs> um, but I mean, he's going into a program with Ridge Holland right now, so it's like, wh- where does he fit in? And I think this is a good segue into like if I was anybody, you know, if I was Drew McIntyre, other than already being pissed off, um, Cody Rhodes, um, God, I'm trying to think anybody that's in a program right now to where he punk coming in could drastically change things. I'd be livid, you know, like I was today, the the biggest thing that I was telling, like I was telling Kate about if I was Drew McIntyre, I'd be fucking livid. I would be so pissed off. He's, and well, I mean, and we, I mean, we know where his contract's going to go. Like, <laughs> oh my God. And like, if he, and I mean, and so I'll, I'll get to kind of, maybe this might be a silver lining and, you know, we can, you know, maybe move on to the matches of the week, but like you got a guy who is 
adamant. I think McIntyre has said, you know, I, I feel lost. I'm not doing anything, mm-hmm. et cetera. Like, what are you going to have me do? Okay. They turn him heel. I love him as a heel. I think that's okay. Great. Maybe that'll give him some new life or not that he needs new life, but like help him, you know, I don't know, you know, find some, some, I don't know, some, some footing again with WWE and whatnot. And, you know, he's in the middle of a contract negotiation and then you bring in punk where it's like, Oh, okay. I guess you, you really value where my money is, et cetera. Like I'd be livid. I'd be like, Nope, we're done talking with these contract negotiations. And I'd let my contract ride and I'd show up at all in, in London. And like, I I just, he's gotta be pissed off. I, I heard so. And that's, and I mean, well, same thing. And um, before I get to the, you know, him storming out, like same with Rollins, it's, you know, Rollins, I think has repeatedly said that he doesn't like AJ doesn't like him. He's a jerk, you know, and this and that. And now he has to like swallow his pride and and do a program and potentially lose the title to him. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be pissed. And then if Cody, what if he decides to go to Roman? And then now all of a sudden Cody's, I'd, if I was Cody, I'd be pissed too. Cause he's like, it, Tom, to kind of go back to what you said about Cody, even Cody was like, if he can be, if he can help, I'm all for it. Cause mm-hmm. Cody did say, he's like, we're doing good business, which the WWE is actually doing. They're doing good business. Shocking. Um, and, and which blows my mind. I, every time I see that and then I'm like, no way. And then I go look and I'm like, Oh my God, they actually are doing good business. It's really weird. Um, but even like you said, Tom, with the whole EVP thing that Cody said, it seems like Cody basically is like, as long as you don't steal my spotlight, we're going to be fine. And like, otherwise, like, I just, I don't see him come. What is he going to do again? Not to go back to, you know, I think we all, you know, are fairly certain he's going to be mid card, but like, I would be so fucking mad if I was half of that top tier talent. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. What are your guys thoughts on that? I mean, I'll be honest. I, I, I think I will, will watch him until he fights Rollins and he's cause he's going after Reigns. There, there's no way you're going to, you're going to sit here and pretend that he's not going to, you know, they're going to have a program with him and Paul Heyman that it has to happen. And I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, as much as I think the guy's a, a sell a piece of shit right now, like I love Paul Heyman. We're Paul Heyman guys. Like I, I'm going to watch that. Like, I think that's going to be rad, but that's about it. I don't think him and Reigns have a good chemistry. I don't think him and like Walter have would have good chemistry. That's what I was going to say before I was uh, <coughs> coughing a ton. I, there's, there's the reason here's, here's the thing too, that I, I was just thinking about too, is like, I think a lot of this has to do with yes, money and being petty, but I also think it's punk realizing how old he's getting kind of like what Caitlin said. And th- those guys are young and they're going to do stuff that are, is like, they're going to do stuff to their bodies that CM Punk should not be doing because he just is not going to heal as fast as those guys. So I think part of that too was the reason was like, he was getting his ass handed to him. Like whether you want to, you know, he wasn't having like outstanding matches in AEW. Like he was having, I mean, not ones that weren't like scheduled out like the MJF match. That's like flawless, but like him and Pentagon jr. I was, I was looking forward to it, but it wasn't, amazing it right. like if you go back and listen to her like when he was in AEW, if you go back and listen to her matches of the week we don't mention him a lot because he wasn't having like outstandingly amazing matches in my in my opinion so like i think another reason why he is he showed up at wwe is because they're strict with what they do and i think he'll he, he's gonna have to fight to get a pile driver but like I think he's okay doing that instead of being like, oh, hey, let's have another dog collar match, man, where it could take years off your life. Where it's like, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm pushing 50, guy. Like, 
I don't want to do this stuff anymore. And so, sorry, I didn't answer your question, Mike, but like, um, I, for guys like McIntyre and Rollins, I don't think Rollins was so much pissed at, at the fact that Punk came back. I think it was the fact that nobody knew about it. I think the fact that it was, it was a very shocking way to end the pay-per-view. Cause we all, like we all said, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect him to show up until it, like they had the credits and everything. They had the, you know, the, whatever the logo is in the bottom. And um, so like, I think Rollins was more pissed because it was, I didn't know about this. I'm one of your top guys. I should know about stuff like this. Um, it wasn't the reports that triple H like only told like one person outside of his like con and punk. Um, but if I was, if I was like, even, even LA Knight, man, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like you just had, you just pushed right. me to the moon and now what? Now I'm going to be mid card until punk's done. So it's just, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling. I, I, I kind of lost track of your question, Mike, but no, I, 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 I would love to see um, McIntyre over in AEW. Get the fuck out of there, man. You, you're so much better than, than, than this. I think there's a tremendous amount of irony here in that the, those big names, right? Like Rollins and Reigns have been on record saying we don't like him, but we'll do what's right for business, right? We don't need to like you to do business. Um, right. And the irony here is that punk is notorious as a guy who no is not going to do what's good for business if he doesn't like it. And mm -hmm. the irony here is that I think Rollins would put over punk begrudgingly. I think Reigns probably wouldn't put over punk, but would work with punk begrudgingly. Punk wouldn't do the same, right? But you know, it's here's 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 my I'm gonna look in a crystal ball. I'm gonna make a bold prediction. I think that Punk does not finish his contract because within a calendar year, within 12 months, they are going to call up Braun Breaker and want Braun Breaker to have a just beat the shit out of CM Punk match, right? They're gonna want Braun Breaker to just go over big time on punk and punk's going to, he's going to shit his pants about it. I think punk is going to absolutely lose his mind and refuse to put over Braun breaker because Braun breaker is not good enough, right? Braun breaker isn't the wrestler, the young wrestler that he wants to put over. I think that's, what's going to break this relationship. And I think it's going to happen within a calendar year. Um, Cause you know, there are a lot of guys from WWE who, top guys, big name guys who will be team players. Punk's not a fucking team player. He never has been, never will be. And I think that's ultimately going to be the downfall there is, you know, and, and I think one year from now we'll be, you know, sitting here talking about punk leaving WWE and where does he go from here? Uh, Cause he's, he's not going to put over younger guys unless they get his personal seal of approval. And that's just not the way that the business works. Anymore. It goes back to just what, why did he do this? You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense because like you, Jim, I was thinking he's going to be like, I, it, because he's never been willing to, you know, essentially it, it, to kind of summarize what Jim said, Tom um, was, you know, basically, you know, punk does business, but he does business for himself and what's best for him, et cetera, as to where a Rollins, a Reigns, a, a Walter, you know, whatever, would more than likely play ball and, you know, put punk over or, or do whatever. And 
um, you know, do, again, do what's best for business. And I, I, like you, Jim, I was thinking, I'm like, I could see him asking for his release in like 13, 14 months. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm at the mid card. I'm CM Punk. Don't you know who I, you know? And it's like, nah, dude, we don't need you anymore. You know what I mean? And I just, it doesn't make any sense. And I have, I don't know. I just don't just, get it. Just think about when CM Punk has to wrestle Logan Paul. <laughs> I will. I'm actually. I cannot wait for that moment because it's gonna happen. That would be. And if it does, and CM Punk doesn't, you know, piss his pants about it, then man, that guy is a bigger sellout than than what he's doing right now. Um, but what I, what I was gonna say uh, before we we jump we jump to match of the week and stuff. Um, do you guys think that he's gonna have any kind of pull? like trying to get some guys from AEW over. Do you think, do you think Ricky Starks will, this will kind of help Ricky Starks move over or like, um, I know he wouldn't now. Cause I think they're doing a phenomenal job with the, the house of black, but like, you know, he's buddies with Brody King. Like, you know, I think I could see him possibly putting, you know, wh- whispers in people's ears to come over, but like, I don't think he's going to get like, I think it's all been said and done that MJF resigned uh, like very quietly. But, um, and and I you know Jim proved me <laughs> proved me right <laughs> like normally uh, about um, or wait other way around uh, yeah Jim proved himself I don't know whatever but um, about how like uh, we thought I I thought MJF would you know if Punk's going to WWE MJF might follow and you know Jim was like no but like I don't know I could see a couple of people going over there I definitely could see I, I think Ricky Starks could definitely hop over there because he's. He's better than what he's doing. Well, I let's think be, let's be honest. I think Starks, Andrade, Malachi, mm. FTR. I think all of those are names that were already being floated for trying to get into WWE. I think Ricky going to WWE would be because of Cody, not because of Punk. Uh, I don't really? think Punk is going to have pull with the boys or with the brass. Cody would. Um, I, I think they, I think Cody could get those guys over there, but I don't know. I don't think anybody's listening to what CM Punk wants. And I think that'll be part of the fallout. I think that's going to be part of the, when the honeymoon period ends is when punk realizes, Oh, they, they still don't give a fuck what I think. Yeah. No, I mean, they've been, I mean, the WWE has been six. They, they, I mean, you're right though, Jim, the WWE has been successful for years before CM Punk ever showed up. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think he definitely helped put him on the map, not put him on the map, but, you know, re- reinvigorated a love for wrestling with the pipe bomb. Um, his his series with Cena was great, et cetera. But then I mean, but really towards the end of his like his run in um, WWE before when he left, what, from like maybe 12 to 14? No, not 12. So I think that's when he had the Cena run. But his last year, maybe his last year to two years was not great. Like oh, it was. No. It, he was like mid card at best. Um, it, he was doing like tag matches with uh, Danielson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically that's it. And it was like, okay, cool, man. You know, and it just, I don't know. But you know, before I, Tom, you did kind of mention something that I think that maybe would be, I guess, a silver lining in any of this, other than maybe some of the feuds that he could get into, is that this does eerily remind me of the not necessarily the Monday Night Wars, but the. No, is is I know that they're not going head to head on Monday night, but the fact that like, I mean, God, how many times did Macho jump, Um, you know, and then obviously Kevin or, you know, Nash and Hall and they jumped and whatnot. So 
that might be fun. I've, I've, I read something earlier that this is like, it is an interesting, not, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, I love wrestling. I'm always going to be, you know, a wrestling fan, but somebody said it's going to be fun to be a wrestling fan because of this, you know, cause there could be, cause Ricky Starks could show up and, you know, um, someone may jump ship. Like, I don't know. Do you guys see any, any, anything in that? Like any, again, you know, I know he doesn't, I don't think he has pull, but just the fact that, you know, we may see some guys going back and forth, you know, I mean, like they got edge now, et cetera. And all that fun. Stuff. Well, think about, so. I, I saw this earlier on Twitter. Look at all of the, the guys who have the people who have gone from WWE to AEW and then look at who's gone from AEW to WWE. You got Cody. Who the fuck else? Brian Pillman yeah. Jr. <laughs> Jade Cargill. <laughs> I mean, really, like it, it it's it's yeah, I don't I don't think this is gonna be a huge, you know, I don't think this is the beginning of a, you know, back and forth bidding war on guys. Uh I and I was saying this to you, Mike, before we started recording. Tom, you weren't here, so you get to hear this for the first time. But I think if there's a silver lining, right? If there really is a silver lining, I think that this greatly increases the likelihood that AJ Lee comes back. Uh, and AJ Lee, if AJ Lee shows up for the Royal Rumble, I will shit myself. I will lose my mind um, because seeing AJ Lee in WWE would make a lot of sense. I think AJ Lee working with Cora Jade, working with Roxanne Perez, working with, you know, uh, Tiffany Stratton. I think there's a lot of young female talent in WWE who were severely influenced by AJ Lee and she could play a huge role with. And that would be really fucking cool. So to me, the closest thing to a silver lining about CM Punk being back in WWE is that it makes it more likely that AJ Lee comes back because that would be fucking amazing. I would, I would absolutely love to see her perform again. Yeah, she was fun. Why did she leave? Did she leave because of like uh, she's real bad injuries that she can't? She there's no reason. There's no way that she can't come back. She just didn't like it. Really? I, I always thought I heard it was like injury related. No, she just didn't. She just didn't want to do it anymore. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought it was injuries too. I didn't the, know that. The, the thing that we're all missing here too, especially I'm, I'm kind of surprised you haven't said it, Mike, is the product has got to get better at WWE for, for me to even worry about AEW talent coming over there. Mm-hmm. Punk is a huge draw, but he did it out of pettiness. And Jim's absolutely right. Brian Pillman Jr. Okay, who gives a shit? Uh, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I'm not big on a Cody. I'm not really big on, on Cody. And look what he's done. He's done nothing outstanding there. Um, the, the product has to get better. It has to get substantially better for me to even give a shit. Because, I mean, honest to God, they're they're thinking about putting the the belt on Damian Priest, and they haven't pulled the trigger on it. It's like he's he. We all know the dude can 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 hang, but like. Ugh. Really? And Reigns has been the, 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 you know, unstoppable guy for the last three years. Like the product sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about it at all until it gets better. And until Triple H can like get out of this nosedive of, uh, you know, I mean, we can't be the only three people who think that WWE product is shit. And like, it has to get better for me to care. Like, and and same with the rest of the the wrestling community. No, fair enough. I just curious because it just, it, it, it just kind of reminded me of this and, you know, no, Jim, you, you know, 
and rightfully so put me in my place with you know the, the <laughs> cody jade cargill and brian pillman jr brian who, pillman jr is the trump card to any argument right you want to if you want to make the other side look wrong just show how they're like brian pillman jr and they're immediately wrong <laughs> But what we should be looking at Hey-o. is the matches of the week. This guy. Whoa, this guy. This guy. Hey. Segway King. No. Um, <laughs> there's definitely there, there, there. We gotta have some good to go along with this bullshit uh and whatnot. And it's been a couple of weeks, gentlemen. So there's been some good ones. Um mm-hmm. I'm I'm I have a feeling we we may have a, a unanimous tie here. I don't know. Um, but I'm I'm feeling I'm feel I I don't know, I'm throwing a shot out here, but um, so with that, I'll go first just to see, we'll, we'll test the waters. Um, but, um, goddamn hangman page and swerve Strickland goddamn was, right. holy oh, sh- man, goddamn right. Well, I don't think I like, it takes a lot for me to be like, huh, like, <laughs> when, and I, when he stapled him, Tom, Tom came over. So just to set the scene a little bit, Tom comes oh, over yeah. and, uh, he came into the city he comes over, uh, we start turning on the pay-per-view and uh, we're watching it. We're having a good time. And then um, Adam Page starts stapling things to Swerve Strickland. And, and Tom and I look at each other like, um, I think we need to turn this off. There are so that was my, oh, no, oh, no, 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 Mike. I did not give you that look. My wife did. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so to, to, to add, to sprinkle the, you know, the, 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 on the, on top of the Sunday here, uh, I, my kids and my wife were with me when we went to go visit my brother and my, uh, sister-in-law and my son who is, he's, he's, he's my guy, man. He's, he's into everything I'm into. And he, he like worships everything that we, like I do and stuff. And he's watching, I, I can't remember who was ahead, who was before the match. And he's like giggling hysterically because they're doing like small packages and they're, you know, it's the chain wrestling and he's getting a kick out of it. And then comes Adam Page stapling things to, to Swerve. <laughs> and he, the look on his face was like, I am not ready for this. I made a mistake coming here. And my wife just all, you know, she gives me the wife look of like, either you turn this off or we're leaving (laughs) and I'll leave you here. My wife has no, no bones about it. My wife will will straight up leave me in Chicago. (laughs) Well, Luke, Luke looks at us and he's like, are those real? And I'm like, "Um, no, no, they're not real. (laughs) Are they real? As he staples it to his cheek, Mm -hmm. a piece of paper to his cheek. And and, and Leslie's like, seriously, no one's going to say anything. (laughs) You guys are all okay with this. We're all just going to be okay with it. Uh, so no, no, Mike, you, you put it very nicely. Oh man. But the thing that got me is, so we ended up having to turn it off, but I went back and watched it. And like I said, mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't, it takes a lot for me to be like, huh. but when he, when Adam page got underneath hang or uh, swerve and drank his blood, I was like, yeah. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. And like it, that was just off to the races. Yeah. Like it, and I know it sounds obviously, why am I picking, picking this for my match of the week? It was everything I think I love about professional wrestling, like hard hitting, gritty, violent storytelling, good wrestling. I mean, it was all it was one of the most intense things I think I've ever seen. And it all 
yeah. worked to tell one great story, I guess, if that makes sense. And it just, I, it gave me a little bit more respect for hangman. I know, you know, again, you know, God, not to bring up punk. Um, you know, I was pretty pissed off at page for what I thought was a lot of, you know, nonsensical bullshit, um, and kind of stopped watching him and whatnot, but man, his, this him and swerve are doing just chef's kiss storytelling. And man, if, if swerve isn't taken like serious now as being a, a monumental, massive heel, I, what else is it going to take to get this guy? You know, um, when we saw him, it was interesting. Um, when we saw him at, um, cause they started the continental classic and it was him versus, um, Jay lethal. Oh my Jay lethal. Great match. By the way, I almost picked that one. Um, watching that live and lethal looks like he's finally getting, I'm hoping getting back to being Jay lethal, but that crowd was popping massively for swerve. And I'm like, no, like mm-hmm. I'm happy he's getting it, but I'm like, I don't want him as a face. Yeah. Like I want swerve as a heel because everything leading up to that match was, was great. And, and they laid it all out there. And so just really interesting that they kind of went this route. And I really hope they keep him as just, just a nasty heel, but man, that, that was my match of the week. Just everything I've loved about professional wrestling in one match was in that match. And it, it was, it was brutal. There were some times where I was like, Oh, Oh God, (laughs) Holy cow. Like they're really taking some liberties here, but I, I mean, Oh my God, what a match. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming you guys saw it. Um, I know we've all talked about it. I don't know what your matches of the week are, but you know, Jim, I'll throw to you. Um, you know, one, I guess, what are your thoughts on the, the hangman page and swear Strickland match? If it wasn't your match of the week, if it was your match of the week, please tell us more. <laughs> it was absolutely my match of the week. It's, it's, it's a match of the year candidate for me. I mean, it is, it's, it was first and foremost, I refuse to allow the entrance to get overlooked because the dancers with Prince Nana doing this dance to the swerve song. Fucking amazing i love oh, swerve's walkout he's just calmly walking through nana's shenanigans fucking love it but no it was it was the the thing is the thing i loved about the match was that i you know in my young impressionable days i went to a lot of deathmatch shows um a lot of <laughs> deathmatch shows and because you know hey look it was the 90s it was a different time and i was young and impressionable and i just thought like oh this is impressive that these guys can bleed this much (laughs) (laughs) what what those deathmatch guys didn't understand that swerve and hangman were able to show so perfectly is that it wasn't violence for the sake of violence it was violence in the furthering of the story and it was beautifully done it was absolutely i know it sounds weird to use the the phrase beautiful in referring to a match where a man drinks another man's blood but it was, <laughs> it was fucking beautiful and and i loved the way that the story progressed throughout the match i loved the finish again one of my favorite things i've ever seen on twitter uh was, was some reaction video where you know to recall refresh your memories the end of the match is is swerve taking a chain wrapping around hangman's neck and hanging him right off of the ring post and i watched a reaction video of a guy going that's for our ancestors fuck that white boy fuck him up. <laughs> I was just laughing my ass off i was so fucking funny um, <laughs> so- 
But no, I thought the match was absolutely brilliant. It was, and that's the thing is it wasn't, like I said, it not only was it not violence for the sake of violence, there were good spots in it. Was there incredibly uh, painful to watch stuff? Sure. But there were also some great fucking moves being executed in there as well. Those two both are phenomenal wrestlers and obviously insanely committed and tough. Um, I, the, the spot where Swerve was no selling the staples and started stapling himself as he's walking towards Hangman. Oh, yeah. Motherfuck, dude. That chills, sends chills up my spine now just thinking about it. Uh, yeah. I, if, if Swerve Strickland is not catapulted to major stardom off, off of this, then AEW is done a horrible injustice because my God, just so amazing from, from top to bottom. Oh man. And yeah, when he, the two, uh, well, the drinking, the blood, the, when he was stapling himself, I, it like, and those are, if those, those staple gun things, I don't believe take smaller staples, like yeah. the regular office. staples. Well, no, those are not. industrial. Those things fucking hurt. Yes, I've clipped do. myself. They, your adrenaline has probably got to be through the freaking roof to be able to like, not, like flinch a little bit you know what i mean and then the the other one was when um i think it was when when swerve hangman was doing something off the top rope and hangman or swerve went to go hit him with a chair and caught him with a barbed wire and i was like oh my god and like it was so funny and my wife does not like any of this stuff and she was like oh i want to watch him like no you do not like (laughs) you do not want to watch this like you're gonna be like nope i'm done (laughs) like within five minutes you're gonna get up and (laughs) This is not for you, honey. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You're not going to like this one. But yeah, no, Tom, what was, you know, again, thoughts on the match or, you know, if this was your match of the week, you know, please add more to it. Uh, thought it sucked. My match of the week was Walter and Miz. <laughs> uh, no, no. The chop battle um, between Walter and Miz. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> chop um, battle. So, uh, yeah, you're I, I mean, I, there's not much more I can add to it. Yeah, it, they're definitely that's a match of the year candidate for me. It's going to be very hard to pick um, a match of the year candidate this year because of how much good stuff there is. And that all like, that's pretty high to the top of the list. I think the storytelling was absolutely brilliant. Um, I think I, I which Jim, I, I'm surprised you, you, you didn't mention this, but I think what was so beautiful about the, the, the story was like, it was the sake of violence because of what Swerve did mm-hmm. when Swerve, you know, you go into another man's home and then you threaten his kids. And that is like, to me, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. It's like, that's a fuck around and find out guy. Like, okay, cool. You, you, you know, you want to come in and, and play games with my kid. Well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to murder you in the ring. And I, I think <laughs> it, was, it was beautiful. I think it was, it was absolutely beautiful. And, and I think it fits Paige's uh, background too. You know, he's a family dude. And I, I believe he's, is he Mormon? No, I thought he was. No, I thought he was. Dude, do you see him chugging beer? His whole character was an alcoholic for a while. I thought he was Mormon. No, there was a uh, rumor that the Young Bucks were Mormon. They're not. But there was a rumor the Young Bucks were Mormon. Well, I I don't know what I'm talking about. I guess, but <laughs> um, you know everything you've you've read about Adam Page besides the whole Mormon thing that I just made up um, <laughs> is the he's a good dude, and I think that that really showed. Um, through with with the story i think it was it was brilliant and and i I said it a previous podcast before i really think swerve needs to be the guy to dethrone mjf i i I don't think wardlow's ready for it um i don't think anybody's ready for it except for swerve and i think he for sure 
prove that he can main event. He can, he can do it all. And I, you know, we've, we've, we've spoke very highly of him, um, for, for a long time. I, I just hope Tony Khan really pulls the trigger on it and, and gets him in the, the running for, for a title. Um, the spot that like, I mean, there's so many and, 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 and to add to, to, to Jim's thing too, is like, this wasn't Nick Gage. This wasn't new Jack. This wasn't violence for the sake of violence. This wasn't death match for, Hey, instead of two plate glass, let's try four. You know, it's like, there wasn't any of that. The the one that really got me was the, and both of them had to have taken it. I don't know how, but the death Valley driver on the, on the cinder block. Oh God. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. That was, that was like somebody's arm is broken or somebody's neck is broken. Mm-hmm. Like that looked like that hurt bad. Sorry, I was uh, choking on beer. Uh, uh, no, I, I think it was it was a great match. I, I definitely think it was maybe top three, top five match of the year for me. I'm gonna when we get to that this year, that's gonna be tough to 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 top that well, one. What's on the shortest? There's no two ways. To uh, it got um. Not that again, it matters, but Meltzer gave it a five star. Yeah. So yeah. Meltzer did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Well, yeah, for a death match. I mean, that's, yeah, seriously, I'm not being ironic about that. Like, that's kind of shocking yeah. for Meltzer. I, I, one of the best reactions I saw from that was uh, somebody said, you know, because, you know, they're doing the, the Continental Classic uh, now in AEW. And they said, you know, the and Swerve and Mox are in the same grouping. So that somebody somebody said is like when Swerve fights Mox, it just automatically has to be a death match. Swerve versus <laughs> Moxley has to be a death match. That'd be fucking amazing. It was one of the most unreal things i think i've ever seen and it was and i think that was that before the main event or was that oh, yeah. yeah so i it, i mean the main event i thought the main event delivered but i mean it it you know uh for uh full gear but i'm surprised it didn't just it absolutely sucked the life out of it not in a bad way i mean just because of everything that those guys did to each other well you got to remember when you're when you're stacking matches you got to put a cooler match after like when you have a big yeah. barn burner like that you have a cooler so that's why they did the jericho match right you you that's had right. jericho and omega against the young bucks okay let's let chris jericho get everybody everybody gets a chance to go to the bathroom refill their drinks uh, you know, gives gives the crowd a chance to kind of collect themselves after yeah. that. So, well, good, good, nice to see that Jericho can still do something. <laughs> it's like, wow, this match sucks. I could really go for something to eat right now. That's like <laughs> well, it's his not contribution good. to wrestling now. <laughs> hey, there's Chris Jericho. Why do I want mashed potatoes? All this <laughs> yeah, right. really could go for some mashed potatoes. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, the MJF Jay White wasn't bad. Apparently, uh, I don't know if you guys heard uh, that uh, Jay White was kind of uh, not very happy about it. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, which no, is I which didn't. strange. I I thought the whole story was kind of starting to to kind of get stale. Um, and I so I don't I don't know what they what more he could have done to like I I don't know further that story except for the devil, which obviously he's not seeing Punk anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, Jay, he wasn't happy with it. What was he? I didn't even I just, hear I just that. reports. He wasn't, he wasn't very thrilled with how, how it went. And I, I think, I don't know if it has anything to do with MJF. I don't know if he was like disappointed with MJF or in, in himself, but apparently uh, I think he, he wanted to, from what, what, what I read, he wants to dial it back and kind of become a little more serious than, and like kind of get juice Robinson on the same page and not have them be like, you know, 
DX slapstick kind of group. They want them to be more like old school bullet club kind of stuff. That's what I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Interesting. Okay. No, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was was a decent match and yeah, I guess. Well, did you, I mean, (laughs) because it was funny because Caitlin was like on, um, because we did because we saw um you know mjf and and adam page came out or not adam page sorry um cool adam cole uh came out and you know he's in a walking boot and then you know uh mjf was w- with a cane and kate was like oh did he hurt himself and i was like yeah like you didn't see the i guess when he hurt his hip is when he did the cutter over the top rope and he basically just landed on his left hip <laughs> It popped out of place, I guess, and they had to pop it back into the match, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he was legit hurt. And then uh, the Urinagi off the top rope, I guess, really also fucked his shoulder up a little bit. And doing a diving elbow onto nothing, <laughs> except for Jay White. <laughs> yeah. But Jay White probably broke all that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, when everything broke. I mean, kudos to keep it going. I mean, yeah. I, I guess, like, it's, you know, a good audible, but... Man, yeah, that boy, that but that page swerve match was just so hard to top. God, that was good. Yeah. Un- that was unreal. impressive. Unreal, unreal. I did have a, a quick runner up. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, um, it's a it, it gets a little uh, at the end just only because I think that they were exhausted. But the Brody King and Eddie Kingston match from Collision last night wasn't bad. It was yeah, actually I, pretty I, I, damn I good. It was pretty damn good, but they got, you could definitely tell, I think that they were just exhausted because <laughs> like Brody King does not, he doesn't do the best Gonzo bomb that I've ever seen, but I literally think that they were just exhausted from beating the shit out of it. I mean, they chopped the fuck out of each other and it was, but it was, it was pretty good. Well, Tom, Speaking of not bad. <laughs> Speaking not bad. of <laughs> no, we're 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 bringing the spotlight back. Uh, it's, it's about it's time. Been, I know God it's damn time. It's it's been a bit. Um, so Tom, it's uh, what what do you got for us this week? I, I'm seriously, you guys. It's I mean, it's it's time. Like it's it's about damn time that we do a spotlight. It's time. <laughs> it's time. It's Vader time. Okay, it's Vader time. No, oh, yeah, man. Spotlight is on Big Van Vader. Ah, my I, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised that Jim has not done this one yet. Yeah, I've, I, I, he's been on the verge several times. I it was it was a tie between him and Bam Bam, and I was like, I gotta go with Vader. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know if, I mean, our listeners have to know who big Van Vader is. Uh, he is hands down one of the greatest big men, if not the greatest big man to ever do it. Um, he, uh, he, he used his size and his weight as part of his moves, uh, making them look much more painful. He was great at selling. He was great at telling a story. Um, he was, I mean, he was what? damn near close to 500 pounds at one point. Um, and he moved like a goddamn cruiserweight. Sometimes I have never seen a big man do a moonsault like to that extent ever. Uh, and to make it look that damn good and that scary. Um, so some things about, um, Vader that I found actually kind of, uh, really interesting. Um, well, I'm going to go list through his titles, but did you know that he was the first guy to ever win, 
the New Japan title. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I had no idea. He was the he was the first you know big gaijin. Yeah, he's um, the proto- prototype for the monster gaijin. Like he really is the prototype. Yeah. And um, I, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself, but did you know who was actually supposed to be uh, him in New Japan? There's two guys who was supposed to be Vader, like considered as the he was going to they were going to be the monster gaijin. Oh, um, Bam Bam. Nope. They had to have been. I think who was around that time. I did a spotlight on him. Sid Vicious. Vicious. Vicious was one of them. And you know who the other one was? Oh, God. Warrior. Oh, God. Could you imagine Ultimate Warrior in New Japan? Oh, God. Seriously. That would be awful, but amazing. Do they do four minute matches in New Japan? Is that a thing? (laughs) We're, we're two to the minutes. He was just trying to catch his breath. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, he so he bounces around uh, to uh, like all Japan. He's he was huge in all Japan. Um, first I, IWGP Gaijin heavyweight. Um, he has a on real. Oh, sorry. My, my daughter was up. I was like, who's talking upstairs? <laughs> um, so he and this is probably one of my favorite um like tag teams ever is the he's a um an unfortunate uh, one only in iwgp with bam bam bigelow um and he god man those matches are unreal um you know pro wrestling illustrated he was wrestler of the year in 93 um he was that was great he's uh he actually jim you i mean you you probably know a lot about him too so correct me if i'm wrong he wasn't Noah, but like either got kicked out of Noah and, and sent to new Japan or, or some or like vice versa. There was like a weird controversy with him in, in all like all Japan or Noah or new Japan where he would, he, him and uh, Anoki wrestled and they were like banned from one of the, the places that they wrestled at. Well, I know, I know he, his time in Noah was not very long. No, um, it, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously we know him from, uh, I mean, some of our listeners probably know him from WCW where he has an amazing run there. Um, uh, amazing. Um, and of course the, the very, really, you know, Jim, we, and Jim and Mike, we talked about it, you know, a champion who should have been uh, a WWE champion uh, was Vader for sure, but he never held a belt in WWE. Um, he, <laughs> this is amazing. I just watched this before we jumped on. Um, he went, he wins a slammy award for <laughs> crime of the century. What was the crime gentlemen? Do we know? Crime, crime of the century. century. He was, yeah, he gets a slammy for crime of the century. He stole something. No, he didn't steal anything. He murdered someone. Very close. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, was it when he um um was it when he big Van Vader splashed uh, Gorilla Monsoon? Yep, that's it. <laughs> oh, I he, forgot uh, about that. He attacked. So, like, I I, I wanted. I, we'll save this for the the end, but I I want to ask it before I forget. Jim Cornette and Vader are are very reminiscent. Um, and uh, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar obviously stole it from those two. The the pairing of those two is like almost identical in WWE. It's it's kind of interesting to see if if Heyman actually like stole a lot from that. Um, 
So um, also to wins best heel in 93. He's, he's known as, as one of the greatest heels of all time. So um, here's some, here's a little background on, on big van Vader, Leon Allen white. Um, do you guys know where he grew up? Colorado. Nope. Not Colorado. Well, where he LA. was born and he was born and raised for a while. LA Compton. No <laughs> shit. Yeah. Wow. He, so he, he, he talks about it in, in a few interviews um, at an early age. His, his dad was a U.S. Marine and he ended up working for the Navy. Um, and he, he recalls like the home being broken into like multiple times when he was a kid. And like, he lives in a really rough neighborhood, but what his dad did, he was an underwater welder and created a new like hoist um, and made him like tons of money. And then he, they moved out. And so that was where he, he, I, I, I don't know where he, where he moved to. I'm assuming Jim, if you, it was probably Colorado at that point, he's like, yeah. get the fuck out of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's about as far culturally from Compton as you could get. Yeah. Well, didn't he play football for Colorado? Yeah. He, he was, was so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so he, um, he goes to the university of Colorado. Um, he gets picked up by the NFL and uh, it's 97, <laughs> 78. Um, so he gets picked up uh, by the LA Rams. Oddly enough, he goes back to LA for a while. Um, but he like, doesn't, he doesn't make, he doesn't play at all. He, uh, believe he blew his patella pretty bad and they caught him. And so he was working out in a gym, like all like big dudes do in the eighties. And somebody spots him and goes like, Hey, you're huge. Have you ever tried wrestling? So he goes to AWA from 85 to 87. Um, again, where he, he, uh, <laughs> he is known as, uh, the baby bull, baby, and bull. Then, baby bull. And, uh, he, uh, I believe changes his name to bull power. <laughs> which really I want that to sit in with you guys for a second. Like missed opportunity. I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to get my vasectomy reversed so I can have another child and name it bull power. Jaeger. Bull power. <laughs> bull power. Could I adopt? Yes. But I know I needs to be my genetics. I'm going to go through all of those steps so that I can have a child. So Jim has a beautiful way of making me laugh while I'm also burping at the same time. And that worked, <laughs> but it was great. It's a gift of timing, Tom. It was very nice. Well done, Jim. Um, so he goes to Catch Wrestling Association, um, 86, 87. And again, this is the territory days where he's bouncing around uh, various places. Um, I just a bull power, man. <laughs> so he makes his, he makes his big mark in new Japan pro wrestling, 87 to 92. Um, he goes over to, which I didn't know all Japan was owned by uh giant Baba. Mm-hmm. She, didn't know that. Um, so he, he trades, um, Vader's contract to new Japan where he, he kind of, this is where he becomes big van Vader. Um, he he wears a, a black, like almost like executioner mask. So a lot of his early, um, so we all know like Vader and the red, the weird, like what red mask, but what the hell Strap was that thing? Yeah. Was this a, like a weird bondage mask maybe? <laughs> but so he's a shock he, strap with parts cut out. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Um, he, uh, so he, um, he's, he's wearing the, the black, uh, executioner mask. Um, this is, this is honestly like, probably some of the prime matches of his, of his career. And if you ask me, he has 
just banger, like banger match after banger match. He teams up with Bam Bam Bigelow. I can't stress that enough. Watch that tag, that tag match between him and, uh, uh, with him, with Bam Bam. And I don't think he was Bam Bam at the time, right? No, he was Bam Bam. I thought he was, he was, he was something, something Bam Bam. Mm. No, he's like bull power, bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, he, um, in, in 1990, he has the notorious, um, which is an amazing match. It's probably one of my favorite matches of all time, uh, between him and Stan Hansen, where Stan Hansen hits him so hard his eyeball pops out, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty gruesome. Uh, I had not recommended for, uh, the squeamish. Um, but, they they go for like another five minutes until um, they call the match and, it, and it's a draw. But um, him and Stan Hansen have some of the, the the most amazing matches I've ever seen. If you like two massive dudes just beating the holy hell out of each other, um, so it was the uh, for people who want to look it up, it's the super fight in the Tokyo Dome. Um, so um, in ninety ninety one, he goes to WCW um, where. Eh, he has some really, really great matches with sting. Um, however, he ends up getting like roped into the Legion of doom, uh, <laughs> which is super weird. And then he, and then he, he teams up with flair at a certain point. Um, so he, the reason, uh, which is, I found kind of interesting. The reason why he kind of goes over to WCW is because they're at this point, they're allowing him to, to still work matches in new Japan and, and, uh, um, like other areas of all Japan, Noah and stuff like that. Um, that was, um, super, super important to him because he, he loved, uh, his time over in new Japan. Um, Oh, that's right. The tag match was, uh, the tag team was big, bad and dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Which I've yeah. never been called ever once in my life. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad Tom. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> work with what you got, you know? Um, so, oh God, I'm going to, part of me is avoiding the tag names because I'm going to get crucified for murdering these poor guys' names. Um, but the, the, the match that you want to watch is help me, Jim, uh, Hiroshi Hase. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, and, uh, a Muda, right? Is it Mudo? It was Mudo. Mudo. Uh, I don't, I'm not pronouncing that. If he, if he was if he wore the face paint he was muda if he yeah. took the, if he wasn't wearing the face paint he was mudo mudo okay so mudo and kaiji mudo kaiji mudo yep. Ka- kaiji mudo or hygiene kaiji. kaiji kaiji mudo um so they uh they relinquished the belts to um actually no excuse me um they got injured working with uh one of mike's uh spotlighted wrestler shocking uh the steiner brothers <laughs> uh end up i believe injuring bam bam and um oh excuse me no vader and they have to relinquish the titles and that's where uh the steiner brothers got a uh brief run with the new japan titles the tag titles um so um he the reason why he leaves wcw is actually kind of uh hilarious he got into a fight with paul orndorf and they were like hey man you're insane uh so we were, we're relinquishing you, your contracts. Uh, um, and uh, they, they, they let him go. Um, he does go kind of before he gets picked up by WWE. He goes to um, he kind of goes, he goes around the circuit a little bit and then he gets picked up in WWE. Um, 
there's really unfortunate. Um, there's not really much to really talk about, unfortunately, at the WWE with uh, Vader because they they used him very poorly. Uh, McMahon at one point wants to rename him the Mastodon. Um, that's where you kind of I, I isn't WCW where he walks out with a huge Mastodon helmet. Well, it Which was in, is, it started in all Japan. Oh, it did it really? WCW. Mm-hmm. So he, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen as a kid. Uh, and, and as a grown man, I want that mask. I have looked up, <laughs> I've tried looking for that thing. And that thing is insane. How much money that is. Oh yeah. I think it's he said, ridiculous. I think you said too, not to stop you, Tom, but that thing oh, no, weighed please. like 50 pounds or it yeah. was, it was insane. Like mm-hmm. the, the, for him to be able to even walk with that thing was like impressive in its own. Yeah. Um, and so he, McMahon wanted to call him the Mastodon because of the Mastodon helmet. Um, and of course Vader's like, no. So strike one, you don't, you don't argue with the boss at that time. Um, he's, he's kind of notoriously known for being uh, very stiff in the ring. Um, and he ultimately ends up hurting Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels has a very ridiculous and how he was not killed is beyond me. Um, Vader screws up a spot and Shawn Michaels jumps down and he's like, you can see he's clearly anger and just stomps Vader in the head. Um, it's a pretty well-known clip. Uh, you can, you go watch on YouTube. Um, you know, we talk about Shawn Michaels being one of the greats, but he's also like, a twerp and he's one of the worst human beings in the nineties. So he has a lot of sway at this point, obviously with uh, Bret Hart and everything too. Um, so he ultimately is, he cites uh, Vader and he complains because um, that's what he does. He just goes to the back and whines to McMahon saying he's very unsafe. I don't feel good working with him, um, which is actually really surprising to hear because his buddy, Kevin Nash, um, jo- uh, willingly worked and loved working with Vader because he respected him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, so like the match that he has with, uh, Kevin Nash in, uh, in WWE, excuse me, big daddy, cool diesel. Uh, he has, he has a match with him in uh, WWE and he actually like loved working with Vader. Um, so ultimately the, that, uh, Shawn Michaels is pretty much the demise of, uh, Vader in WWE. He has a few, uh, you know, he comes to the Royal Rumble. Um, he has a few like ma- matches here and there with like Jake Roberts and Savio Vega. Uh, I think he fought Yokozuna at one time. Um, of course, like I, I mentioned earlier, he does have a, uh, a, a interesting uh, like a thing with Gorilla Monsoon and attacks Gorilla Monsoon with Jim Cornette. So um, his his WWE run is is not that it's not really noteworthy. Um, so uh, ninety eight to two thousand, he goes back to Japan, wrestles a lot, and in, uh, in New Japan. So fast forward to um, which I'm, I really wanted to talk about was I believe in two thousand sixteen. So Vader Vader at this point is uh, when he leaves WWE and he's touring Japan. The 2000s, he's winding down. He starts like, you know, starts uh, doing less, less matches, more like indie stuff. Um, And in 2016, he watches, uh, in my opinion, and gentlemen, feel free to chime in. One of the most like revolutionizing matches I've ever seen in wrestling was Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. Mm -hmm. Now, cranky old Vader does not like this. And he's very outspoken 
about it on Twitter. And uh, it it's weird that him and Osprey get into like a crazy verbal spat on Twitter about it. And, you know, Vader is very old school, hard hitting New Japan guy. And we've got the, you know, upcoming cocky British in New Japan. Uh, Will Ospreay. Uh, so like any good business person, somehow they decide to do a match together at Revolution Pro where it's 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 not good. Uh, <laughs> oh, I had no idea. You didn't yeah. know that? Yeah. Oh, Osprey, Osprey was uh, was huge. Like he really wanted to squash the beef because he he loved obviously like the history with New Japan and Osprey. Like he loves Vader for what he did in in New Japan, and he was like, just yeah, like yes, sir. I totally love to work like work with you, and um, it's it's bad. Vader's like super out of shape. Um, he he uh, he's very well known uh, on record for being a kind of a mean drunk. Uh, he had a lot of alcohol and drug problems during his his tours in New Japan, um, so he can't obviously hang with a kid like Will Ospreay. And but will make some will make some look pretty good. Uh, and ultimately, uh, Vader comes out on top because he absolutely refused to lose to Will Ospreay. Uh, Vader bombs him and, and he gets the win. But he oh, wow. he also kind of like a downfall in Vader's kind of uh, career is that he is very adamant about who he loses to. And he was there's a lot of people he like was like, no, I'll, I'll quit the company before I lose to, to this person. Um Unfortunately, um, in 2017, or excuse me, in 2016, towards 2017, uh, Leon White is involved in a rollover car accident that leaves him unconscious for 35 minutes. Um, He's then diagnosed with congestive heart failure um, and years uh, due to years of alcohol and drug abuse. Uh, Unfortunately, the big man passes away in 2018, which was a shock to a lot of people, I think. Um, it was shocking in the sense that he was kind of like he was preluding to it on Twitter a lot. He was like, I'm not in good health. It was just kind of like month by month. He was like counting down the days and ultimately he died. Um, I actually didn't know that his son wrestled in NXT for a little bit. Really? Um, yeah, which was which was kind of uh, surprising. Um, and actually something that uh, I, I uh, this makes me respect Sting a lot uh, was that Sting was pretty much by him by his his deathbed uh like the whole almost the entire time he was like posting that he was like sick so sting was like one of the only people that saw uh vader um some things before we get to discuss about how awesome vader is um (laughs) bret hart felt he was very dangerous to work with uh which is kind of surprising um i I, bret hart would just never felt comfortable working with him um he was notoriously known for not washing his gear and it, like caused a lot of heat with people in the back um more ways than one so Hulk hogan and Shawn michaels uh are are like i mean we've talked about how much of a dickhead they are but hogan actually like refused to uh job to him and instead uh picked his friend he was like one of his buddies i don't know who it was um and uh He's uh, represented in like multiple video game franchises. Uh, one of my personal favorites is the Saturday Night Slam Masters for the Super Nintendo. Um, <laughs> dude who walks out in the uh, uh, big Mastodon helmet—that's that's Vader. That's basically Vader. 
Um, and one of my favorite stories of all time uh, is when somebody in Kuwait Whoops. asks him if wrestling is real and he loses <laughs> his goddamn mind and attacks the guy. Yeah. Uh, he's also there with a very, very young undertaker. Mm. Uh, so he was detained actually in Kuwait uh, and had to get bailed out, which is also kind of um, sort of like the writing on the wall for Vader was McMahon was like, Oh no, I really don't want to do business with you because I have to bail you out of jail in Kuwait. And then uh, of course, who could forget his cameos in Baywatch and boy meets world. Um, (laughs) If you are going to watch any of uh, Vader's matches, I highly recommend the great American bash with sting Um, and sting and super uh, uh, sting invader and super brawl three where they have an amazing strap match. Um, Stan Hansen in New Japan obviously is one of my favorite matches of all time. Cactus Jack in a Texas Death Match was great. Um, the um, and again I, I mentioned it before. Uh, Mudo and Hase versus Bam Bam Bigelow or Big Bad and Dangerous is one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and I'll open it to you guys, guys. What do you think about Vader? What I like, his. I remember that mask like scaring the shit out of me. And I was oh, like, yeah. who, who the fuck, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember when it, it, it didn't do it often, but it would shoot the steam. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. When he debuted at the bash, um, he did it. So he'd always do that like little shimmy thing or whatever that was. Um, and he gets it to shoot the steam and stuff. Um, my favorite though, that I just, where I was like, like you, Tom, you know, where it, I didn't, I never made that comparison with him and Cornette and, you know, Heyman and um, Lesnar and whatnot was um, what you alluded to just a minute ago was this strap match with him and Sting um, where, oh my God, like for some odd reason that just stayed with me. Cause I remember Sting, there was a, and I've tried to find it and I cannot find it anywhere. Um, but there's a, it was like a, like a little vignette or promo that they did where Sting was like going to or like, it was, um, Jim, you might have to help me out here, but I believe it was, was when Vader was with Harley race for a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and Vader was like hiding out in like an ice mountain or something. Yeah. yeah ice and castle, like, yeah. yeah. And sting he had to go find castle. him and Vader's like sitting in this throne and he's got this yeah. like, like polar bear, like Cape mink thing. And I just was like, Oh my God, no sting. You're going to get killed. And I sting just, don't die. Yeah, yeah. I loved that buildup. And I just remember being terrified of Vader always yeah. like just this, yeah. like, and if you look at him, he's really not like he's not jacked. He's not. He's just a big, scary guy that looks not. like he could like just he could break concrete with his fists. Like, mm-hmm. like, he also had an insanely awesome voice yes. for, for like he it wasn't like it wasn't like, you know, like nails. Like when I was a kid, nails scary. He just <laughs> is like this is what an angry dad sounds like constantly. Like just like. <laughs> He just terrified me with it when anytime he would do, he got a promo. It's just like, Oh, I didn't clean up my room. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> yeah, Which makes I, sense too. Cause his dad was a Marine. So it's yeah. like, there you go. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I said it at the beginning. He, he's one of my heroes. He's one of my absolute favorites of all time. Um, Vader coming out of the great American bash in 1990, I was 10 years old and that is a core memory for me. Um, Watching him walk out in that mask on mask, putting it down and summoning the smoke to come out of it. That, that, yeah, I, 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 re, I can relive that moment so clearly in my mind. 
Um, one of the things I loved about Vader's career is, you know, you said at, your, at the beginning, Tom, one of the best big man uh, in the history of the sport. And the thing is, is he, he could do so many different ways, right? If, if you want that, like that strong style, beat the fuck out of each other, watch him and Stan, Stan Hansen. Yep. If you want to see hardcore, watch him and Cactus Jack. If you want to see just good, solid technical wrestling, watch anything he did in New Japan. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of sins that I cannot forgive Shawn Michaels for, but not least among them is the fact that he killed Vader's push. Uh, he was a little bitch about it, thought Vader was too stiff and he, he made Vader cry. Like literally like after their match where, where that where you referenced where, you know, Sean comes off the top and Vader was supposed to put his foot up right to, to catch him in the, catch him in the jaw. And he missed the spot. And so Sean just comes down and then just kicks him and starts yelling at him. Right. Sean went back and started, you know, talking about what a piece of shit he is and all this. And Vader was crying because he knew his, that was it. He was done. Um, And it's just, it was so fucking pathetic and absurd. And Vader deserved to be world champion in WWF more than anyone else at that time, because he, he was, he was an absolute monster. Um, I I loved that he was not just a giant behemoth of a man, but he had fucking charisma. That man had personality. And, you know, like, you know, Mike, you call it the shimmy that he would do. But I just, you know, watching him come out to the ring and doing the come on, come on, and, you know, getting low and getting the crowd riled yeah. up and everything. Fuck me. I mean, the, the, he was just such an all around phenomenal talent in professional wrestling. Um, I, I loved his stiff style uh, that he would bust out there, the clubs that he would use, right. Where he would just club the guy in the corner. If you, if you guys have ever seen, it was one of Ken Shamrock's first matches in WWF <laughs> and it was at an, in your house. It's Ken Shamrock versus Vader. And it, it's so funny because you can see it plain as day. Shamrock is just, he's getting a little too loose. And Shamrock is a little too excited and he's throwing him in there and Vader just fucking wallops him. <laughs> <laughs> and so here you have Ken Shamrock, this legitimate tough guy, this legitimate ultimate fighting championship, you know, competitor. And Vader just paws him to the ground. <laughs> it was, it's fucking great. So yeah, I, uh, I, I've always loved Vader from the, that again, from being 10 years old, I saw him come out and, I was hooked immediately and, and have been fascinated by everything I've ever seen of him. Um, I, I can't think of a whole lot of stinker matches during his career mm-hmm. other than, like you said, towards the end there where you just couldn't let it go. Uh, but during his, during his prime runs, the man was a machine. Uh, I think about, God, you mentioned this, the infamous Stan Hansen eyeball incident, right? He pushed his eye back in. Like, think about that, right? Yeah. Like Vader fucking how how hard do you have to be to have your eyeball get popped out and you're not on the ground screaming and crying, but you're so hard that you push it back in? Jesus fuck. I, I just I can't imagine the commitment that that man must have had and the toughness that he must have had. Um, you know, you, you didn't mention this, Tom, but, uh, he died in 2018, but more specifically, I think in a pretty clear, direct, you can go fuck yourself, Jim, 
uh, the universe took him on my birthday. Uh, I celebrated my birthday that year by losing one of my heroes. Uh, And yeah, that will never not hurt. That will will never not be, be bitter about that. So yeah. Yeah. Five years ago, we lost uh, Big Van Vader, the man, oh, man, the man, the myth, the legend. He was I, even I, in he was in one of my I remember one of my early like I, baby face pops that I remember seeing um, was with uh, Ron Simmons um, yeah. when Ron Simmons was the first African-American first black world champion yep. when he power slammed Vader. And like that. Yeah. Tell me that you can't get goosebumps when you Jim Ross is like, any power any like jim ross is losing his mind and it was great it was no. but oh man god i miss vader i want to i'm like kind of side-eyeing some clips right now and i'm like oh yeah oh he's you, the you, best when you go down it, it's not a rabbit hole man it's like a commitment to go like do a bunch of vader like matches and stuff and uh like i i always loved his vader bomb like it wasn't because like, they always they always coined it like a power bomb but he did it in a way that it was like the brunt of it was on the like the shoulders. It was because you know regular regular power bomb is just a whoop on the back. And he man, he there's one where he just <laughs> I wonder if it's I think it's too cool uh too cold Scorpio. Mm-hmm. He just fucking levels him into the ground. And like, <laughs> Jesus Vader, like <laughs> I mean, don't murder the guy. Um <laughs> he he was always, I mean, as a big man, he was just I would he was there's there's been very few that have like really like awed me like in a sense of like kind of like like a bruiser brody like uh mm-hmm. they're, they're you're just so unique you're like taken back by their presence and vader was always that till till the day he died i was always such a huge vader fan and just being like this dude there's something about it like if you when when wrestling people talk about the it like he may he may not have been the best on the microphone but that dude had it mm-hmm. like he had it and then some and that guy was just he was he was i don't think he's given the credit that he's he he deserves especially his work in in japan is some of the best fucking matches i've ever seen and and just like he was a triple crown champion he was he was multiple times in japan right when it was like all japan new japan and then what was the other one i always mess him up no it was was it noah okay i always forget which one it but like yeah him, him and Anaki even like went towards the towards the tail end of when Anaki was wrestling. Like they had some pretty decent matches too, and they beat the piss out of each other. Like there's just there's just something that like old old New Japan old wrestlers like Harley Race and Vader who were that toughness. It's just a, it's just an era that cannot be replaced in in, in my eyes. I, I just I love Vader so much. I, I mean, obviously, I think you're uh, you're a bigger fan than I am, Jim. But like I'm right there with you, man. He he was. He was just so good. Yeah. Wrestled what? Masawa uh, before he passed. Um, yep. They had some bangers where they beat the shit out of each other. Yep. Um, not to go back. I just, I, Jim, when you said, or I guess when you said he was gunning to be WWE champion, was that right after he left WCW and went over? Is that when like, I, when he wrestled Sean or Sean like screwed him over? Or was that a little later? I, I think, I don't remember if it was right after. I think there was a gap there. There was. Uh, yeah, I think there was a gap between WCW and WWF. But yeah, like when he came into WWF, he was immediately in the title. Hunt. Yeah, right. That's what um, I, okay. And and yeah, and and absolutely like I, I from what I've read, he was supposed to take the title off of Sean. He and was. then Sean threw a hissy fit. 
Uh, that's why Sid got it. it. Yeah, that's why Sid got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sid, really? Sid was, yeah. Vader was originally supposed to get it, and uh, Sid, because Sid, like he played the system, and he knew he knew Sean. He was Sean's buddy. That's why they they he he was more willing to drop the title to to Sid than um really than wow Vader. I yeah. had no idea I think it was ninety six he came into WWE and because he left in ninety four WCW and then he's he's like he goes back and forth to Japan and then they WWE picks him up in ninety six because which is uh which is cool I mean I can't I can't uh find the the, the clip because I w- I would love to play it um hearing Austin talk about Vader is really cool too because. Um, Austin had a lot of respect for him too. And Austin and him had some decent like house matches too. Uh, when this is on the rise of like, you know, he's, he's moving past the, what was he? The million dollar, he was like the chauffeur for the million dollar man or something. Steve Austin. Yeah. No, he was Vader. That's what I was like. Tom Vader never chauffeured yeah. for the million. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I was he was the million dollar champion. He was, he was, he yeah. was the, the, the taskmaster. Yeah. The yeah. ringmaster. It was ringmaster. the ringmaster. Yeah. So yeah, he was he, like right around that era of stone cold is when he was wrestling uh, Vader. And he, he talks, he talks about Vader like fondly and like having them, like talking to him about like talking him up like a bruiser Brody. Well, I remember in, in wrestling with shadows, which God, I got to rewatch. I rewatch that like every three months and I feel like I'm due. Uh, but in, in wrestling with shadows, um, you know, Bret Hart is, you know, kind of running through a bunch of guys in the locker room and he talks about Vader and he's like, he's one of the sweetest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, you know, and he said, he's this giant monster of a man, but he's just really nice, sweet guy who does real estate. Uh, and I, I always love that yeah. dichotomy of, you know, he's this, yeah, he's this, this absolute fucking beast of a human being. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like you sit down to close on a house and <laughs> fucking <laughs> Vader walks in? It's, all right, guys, I'd like to make sure that the escrow account is all in order. Could you imagine buying a house from him and, and then you're just like, can you do it? And he's like, who's the man who's the man i was gonna say wouldn't he do like a like a huss like he he did the who's the man yeah but i thought he would hot like not a huss but he would like bark or i thought wouldn't he do he would do something he barked (laughs) i don't have (laughs) did you know he had a a mask versus mask match with kane Uh, yes i remember that jim and i we would laugh because you're like Bro, you can see his face. Like, yeah, right. Not only that, but his mask would fall off all the fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, that's what I was gonna say. He, I remember when he fought Hogan, and Hogan was like doing something. He just rips it right off. Yeah. <laughs> we know who you are, Vader. Is that John Tent owner there? Man? <laughs> He rips it off and it's Brutus Beefcake. Like, what the yeah. fuck? How did those changed bodies? <laughs> that mask really adds some weight to your figure. He's just wearing a Vader suit and sunzips. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I yeah, I I love Vader. Vader's the man. I mean, who's the man? Not Sid Vicious, it's Vader. Vader. Well, uh, yeah, that'll wrap us up. Thanks for listening. Uh, and uh, we will be back uh, very soon with uh, more uh, clickbait uh, matches of the week. And then uh, I believe, Jim, you're up for the spotlight. 